This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. going on guys hey love tribe thanks so much for tuning in to today's show we have an exciting episode with dr Lindsay harper and dr harper is an obgyn and the founder and ceo of the app rosie and rosie is a platform dedicated to empowering women on their journey to sexual wellness and dr harper has started these important conversations about sexual health by partnering with over 2,700 doctors and therapists on Rosie and launching the first telehealth platform specifically for women's sexual health. And today we talk about making intimacy a priority in your relationship and setting relationship goals. And Dr. Harper gives a lot of really great actionable tips, including why you should be having sex before dishes. So you'll have to tune in to see what that's all about. (laughs) Yes. We need to start that challenge, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, or as I said in the show, Netflix before dishes, but uh, (laughs) you'll have to listen to find out the details there. And uh, as always, we really appreciate you guys tuning in, subscribing to our show, checking out our website. All of you guys that have purchased the Spark My Relationship course for sending the feedback. We are so happy to see that advice and that resource, that tool in action and helping to improve your relationships. So yeah, thanks again for tuning in. We appreciate you guys so much. We hope you're staying safe insane out there and we sending you good vibes enjoy today's show today's show is brought to you by our online course spark my relationship create more passion improve your communication and build a stronger more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days we've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients to unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Dr. Harper. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be here. Today, we're going to talk about making intimacy a priority in our relationship. And we're having this conversation in the context of, let's say, about month five of the COVID pandemic. So obviously, it'll be some things unique to these times. But hopefully, someone listening to this a year from now 
things are a bit different and we'll still want to be making intimacy a priority in our relationship. So let's jump in and talk about maybe why we can let this slide and, and how, why we need to even make it a priority. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think it's human nature, right? To let things that involve work slide. I think there's lots of um, examples of that. You know, probably the most um, obvious one is maybe, you know, our fitness, right? And it's hard. It takes work to get up early or to put in the time necessary to pay attention to how much activity you're getting in or what your, you know, what your diet's up to, especially when we're stressed. Um, And actually, the same is exactly true for you know, working on our relationships and especially keeping that intimacy a priority. When we're stressed, whether it's, you know, a pandemic or just regular stress of life with children, with work, with family members being sick, or maybe just, you know, any insert, any stressor, um, you know, it's very easy to kind of, you know, go back, retreat back into ourselves and not work on those things that we know are good for us, like um, fitness or like intimacy. So, you know, it takes work. Um, it's worth it. We know that um, at, based on long-term outcomes that, you know, those of us who invest in our relationships, especially, and and don't forget actually the intimate part of those relationships, you know, it will pay off in, in terms of the long-term results that we'll get from that relationship. Um, but it, it is easy to, to, for it to slip and for us to, you know, put it down on the list of priorities, especially as things get busier and busier. Let's talk a little bit about making it can be intimacy but this can apply to communication all areas of a relationship really or life but taking the time to make things a priority to develop habits can you talk a little bit about how we can think about these things because i think we all kind of know the things we should be doing to an extent it's like ah like I haven't sat down. We haven't had a date night in, in months or years sometimes. But it's just like you said, jobs, kids, pandemic now. Um, how can we sort of switch those gears or make something a priority besides just maybe in our head saying, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, how can we make these things into action? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think, you know, so many people, so many people have that question because they, they know that it's what they want to do, but they're not sure how to, how to do it. So, you know, it's, it's similar to any goal that you might have in life. For example, a business goal or maybe a personal goal. Um, you have to sit down and say, you know, what are my goals in life? And my, my favorite way of kind of thinking about that is what do I want my life to look like when I'm 80? Right. And if when you when you sit down and you say maybe three things, then then that really clears up um, our priorities. And I would say for most people who are in committed relationships, and most people maybe who aren't, that one of those goals might be you know a committed, authentic, happy, you know, um, fulfilling relationship. It certainly is for me. And I think when we look at it that way, and we say and we track it back, and we say, okay, what are the actionable steps that I need to take between now and then on a big picture, but say now in the next six months on a smaller picture, then you can really start to break that down. You might start to say, okay, like I know for my personal fulfillment, I need time alone with my partner, 
you know, maybe two times a month where there's not any kids around, there's no TV on, like we just like get to know, you know, have a real conversation or maybe just do something fun together. Right. I think that's something we're all kind of struggling with is like, what about all of our fun things like travel or, you know, quote unquote date night. And we have to get creative and that's okay. We can, our brains can expand to involve that creativity. So I think really it's about defining your big picture goal what are, you know, the long-term steps that need to happen? And you can kind of gloss over that, like I think a lot of us, you know, do. But then really defining it and writing down, maybe even with your partner, what are the things we need to happen in the next three or six months to track us towards this goal that we have for when we're 80? And I think that's when it, it crystallizes. So that could be date night. That could be, you know what, for our relationship, we, we like to be intimate. We like to have sex X number of times per week or per month. And then you can make a plan around those, you know, metrics. Um, and really, you know, there's more, um, there's more science to it than, than we would think. And so we can really start to hone in on those specific goals and the actionable items that are needed to make them happen. What can we do if we're hearing this and we're like, yes, we want to do it. And we're gung ho. We make this list, but our partner is not really on board. How can we talk to them or communicate or take the initiative ourselves? Totally. You know, I think it's just like anything, right? When you're involved in a partnership, there's many times when you're on a different page than your, than your partner, right? Whether it's financial, whether it's about children, whether it's about sex. And so that is a totally normal part of life. It doesn't mean that you're doomed or that you'll never get your 80-year-old goal. It just means that it's an opportunity for open communication. And Whenever we talk about sexuality and intimacy, sometimes that open communication piece is the biggest challenge, right? Because when we're growing up, you know, we don't get, we, we're not shown this example of open communication about sex. We don't get to talk about actually correct anatomic names for our body parts. We don't get to talk about pleasure. We don't get to talk about really anything because everything feels kind of embarrassing and shameful. And so maybe this is the first time in people's lives that they've had the opportunity to communicate sexually. And that can be very daunting. But if your goal is this long-term fulfilling, fulfilling relationship, communication is really the key to that success. And you can always simply start with sharing your goal. You can say, you know, I heard this awesome podcast and I have this goal of having this long-term fulfilling relationship with you. For me, you know, that includes intimacy. And I was thinking about X, Y, or Z working towards that. You know, I would love to hear how you feel about maybe my bigger goal. And if you share that goal, and if so, what would be your ideal steps? And sometimes our steps are not the same. And that's okay. That's an opportunity to sort of work on compromise, work to, you know, learn things about ourselves through our partner and ultimately achieve that goal. But we cannot ever skip the step of communication whenever we're involved in a relationship with another person. And unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, it usually involves some compromise or some working through. But as long as we've got that open line of communication, then we can always continue to progress towards our shared goals. Love that example of a way to start the conversation because it's not really threatening. It's like, here's what what I would like to see in, in, a, in a goal. What are your goals? And maybe you've never even thought about that in general or your partner hasn't thought about it. So it's a great starter. And within that context, let's say now we're having these conversations and now 
we're negotiating, let's say, around the goal. How can we think about these goals? Because maybe the danger there is a lot of times they may be a bit unrealistic. So we want to make sure we're not also, we, we want to shoot for the stars, but, but also not be putting ourselves in a position to fail through lofty, unrealistic goals, right? Totally. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's just the, it's as the saying goes, progress, not perfection. And so as long as we're sort of tracking towards those goals, then we're doing probably a lot more than we were had we not stayed at our goals, had we not had a conversation about working towards our goals. Because in the alternative situation, we're probably letting it slip. We're probably, you know, taking care of all the children's needs and working and we're not prioritizing that relationship or that intimacy like we could be doing. And as long as we're as long as that's in our brain and maybe we're doing that, you know, 10% more often than we did before, then that is progress towards the goal. So it's not about, you know, like let's get there tomorrow. As as everyone knows, it's the journey, right? Not the destination. <laughs> and that's true probably for all parts of partnership, especially this one. What would you say to a couple who have, they both embraced creating these goals and they are open to the journey, but let's say one partner's goal is maybe, I'll just use um, having sex, maybe a certain number of days. And that partner feels that the other partner isn't contributing to meeting the goal. And so now there's some, maybe not resentment, but a little bit of yeah. feeling that the other partner is not contributing to to this goal that they created together. How would you talk about discussing that conversation or having that conversation among the two individuals so that it's a productive conversation? It doesn't just blow up and then, you know, cause way more drama than it than it needs to. Absolutely. That's actually really common. So that's what we call desire discrepancy, right? Where one person wants to have sex more than the other person. This is most often like that the, that the, if it's a heterosexual relationship that the man wants to have sex more than the woman, but it can be reversed. And even in, um, you know, same sex relationships, these are, these things are seen. So, um, you know, if there is a desire discrepancy, then, then once again, it's all about that communication piece, right? So it's not just the higher desire partner that gets to say their goal, the lower desire partner also gets to say what's best, what seems best for them, right? What tracks them towards their goal. And then there's a compromise, hopefully that happens. And that compromise is likely going to be in between the two numbers, right? But there are ways that we can work towards improving or sort of exciting the lower desire partner. And so for example, a lot of the work that I do is for women who have low sexual desire. And there's lots of tools that we can talk about. One of them, you know, we have to educate women about how their bodies work, about how they how we experience pleasure. A lot of times women's desire is responsive, meaning, you know, they're not just like sitting at their computer typing and all of a sudden they have a sexual thought or fantasy, but instead that sexual thought or fantasy needs to be prompted. And we can do that in lots of ways. We can do that with using erotica. We can do that, you know, sending um, sexy texts back and forth with, between partners. Um, so there's a lot of ways to sort of support a compromise. I think the biggest um, challenge for the couple is to, to come to that compromise. And then we work towards it. A lot of other couples too find that scheduling sex can actually be really helpful because then it takes the pressure off of the other nights of the week for the lower desire partner. 
And then on the days where sex is scheduled, then the lower desire partner can look to those other cues. For example, if it is reading an erotic story and then maybe having a long bath between childcare duties and between, you know, intimacy where the, where that partner can kind of get into the mood, um, melt away all the stresses of the busy day and really have some time to get mentally in the place where he or she needs to be for that intimate encounter. What are some other ways that couples can think about developing intimacy in the relationship and maybe specifically during these times of the pandemic and then maybe they'll also apply to hopefully sooner rather than later when when things are a bit back to normal. Yeah, so one of my favorite sayings is sex before dishes. And what that means is that, you know what, like dishes, who cares about the dishes, right? The dishes are still going to be there tomorrow if we leave them all night or later in the evening. But it's about just rethinking your day, right? We all have this, the sort of the old version of our day, right? It's wake up, like get ready. Maybe there's a workout in there. Go to work all day. Come home for dinner. Spend time with your kids. Get the kids to bed, which always seems to like really drain the last bit of energy we have. And then... (laughs) intimacy with the partner, right? It's the very last thing on this huge long list of all these things we've been maybe doing for other people or been experiencing stress throughout the entire day. And we really have to flip that around. And maybe the pandemic gives us an opportunity to do that, right? Maybe we can sneak in some extra time with our partner, maybe during nap time or maybe during screen time, right? Who cares? The point is, is that we have new opportunities that we may not have had before um, that we can carry these ideas forward. And if we are find that we're most energetic in the morning and most likely to want to connect with our partner, then let's try that for a time or two, see how that goes. And how can we incorporate these new habits? Not only, you know, while things are um, you know, how they are currently, but also moving forward for the rest of our lives. I love that rethinking your day now or whenever, because so often we get caught in these routines of just doing something because that's the time of day that it's supposed to be done, or we can't leave the dishes because they're supposed to be done after, you know, when they're dirty. So it's just a valuable reset. Obviously there's value in having routine, but I think maybe now with everyone, a lot of people home, we're in even more of a routine in some senses and and it's a bit monotonous. So breaking things up and getting crazy and and maybe, you know, not doing the dishes right away. (laughs) So you have time to be intimate with your partner. Um, it's going to relieve a lot of stress too of like, Oh, I I have to have them done because it's almost like a compulsion. Totally. Yeah. Like just like you said, like, let's get crazy, right? None of these things are actually crazy, but we all need a little bit of a break during this time. And sex can be exactly that, right? It can be fun. It can be enjoyable. It can be a stress reliever. It's good for our health. And so when we think about it from a health perspective, then we can really use it as an antidote maybe to some of the feelings and emotions and stress that we're feeling. And so in that way, maybe it does help us to prioritize it earlier in the day, more often, you know, in our daily routines and really forget about or try to care less about the stuff that really doesn't matter. I think this calls for a uh, 30-day no dishes challenge. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Let's put it out there. So so we have sex before dishes. That's a good 
initiative maybe to kickstart someone in in mixing things up or it could be like Netflix before dishes it doesn't have to be sex um <laughs> but just to 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 rethink our routine what are some other tips uh, that we can think about not necessarily for rethinking the routine but maybe connecting with our partner absolutely i think you know you have to look for those little moments right where you can um kind of feel like you're dating again and maybe for some of us you know this involves little kids or maybe maybe it doesn't but um i think just looking for those opportunities to to flirt in a sexual way i think is a really important thing to remember to do at least every day you know maybe maybe more than just every day maybe you know multiple times a day because that sort of thread of connection can keep us going between you know the the big and um, sort of daunting sexual experiences that that people might feel. And that connection, whether it's, you know, laughing about what happened the last time or anticipating what's going to happen the next time can really keep the energy of the relationship, um, you know, connected and, and positive. And so that, you know, one of my favorite sex therapists, her name is Lori Mintz. She refers to sex within a couple as um, the oil that kind of keeps the gears turning so that when you encounter other problems, financial or parenting or maybe job stressors, that oil uh, that is, you know, sex or intimacy kind of keeps those gears turning um, where things don't get stuck. And so I think when we think about it that way, and we really try to keep that thread as a constant in our day-to-day lives, it can really help us feel better about ourselves and and how we're showing up in the relationship and also more connected during those little moments that that no one else may notice, but it's just the two of you and you're taking full advantage of it. Before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Uberlube. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. If you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, body-safe ingredients, and nothing beats UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. It's just silicone with a little vitamin E, so the vitamin E leaves a velvety finish that actually moisturizes the skin. And people can use UberLube outside of the bedroom as well, like for hair control, for frizziness, for chafing, for massage, and more. As you guys know, I am here in Florida in the summer, and it's been super hot and humid. And I've been using UberLube for my hair, for a little frizz control, and it is amazing. UberLube lets skin feel skin. Lube is supposed to enhance touch, not overpower it. UberLube adds a thin layer that leads to just the right amount of slip while still allowing for skin-on-skin sensations. UberLube is latex-compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. And it won't stain clothing or bedding. Any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. Right now, they're offering I Do Podcast listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use our code IDO at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Use the code IDO at U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E, uberlube.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Have you been feeling a little down or under the weather lately? 
perhaps you're stressed at work or with the kids or trying to improve your relationship has put a lot of stress in your life. Life can be hard, especially during times like these. And that's why we find it very helpful. And we really recommend seeking professional counseling through BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours from signing up via text, chat, phone, and video. And you'll get timely and thoughtful responses from your therapist. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to leave your house. It's super convenient and helpful using BetterHelp. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. And more important than anything, we want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash I do. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash I do. How can we think about instituting these things, but also not putting so much pressure on ourselves or maybe our partner? Because if we haven't been doing this and maybe we bring it up to our partner, then suddenly they may get defensive or... It's like it, this pressure of we have to be initiating a certain amount of time. So it can almost maybe backfire to an extent. Uh, how can we think about it so it doesn't happen? Yeah, there's so much emotion involved with intimacy and sex. And, and we place so much kind of guilt and blame on ourselves, a lot, oftentimes as women. And I think that the best way to move forward is just to take some baby steps, right? And you may want to talk to your partner about it at the very beginning, or you may want to just try some things on for size and say, hey, I'm going to send my partner a sexy text today and see what happens, right? Or I'm going to, on my own, read an erotic story this afternoon and see what happens. Like nobody, you can read a short story, five or 10 minutes, like nobody has to know about that. But what will happen is your brain will get this positive feedback. It's like starting a new, like, you know, workout plan. You don't want to go full force, right? Right from right out of the gate. You want to kind of ease yourself and make one change at a time. And that will, you know, be the most successful plan towards long-term success. Because if we try to just, you know, burst out of the gate with all of our lofty goals, then we're much more likely, obviously, to meet that sort of resistance, both within ourselves and from our partner. But we can just take it very slowly, just maybe pick out the thing that sounds most appealing to you and do that and then see how it goes. And then maybe if that goes well, you know, maybe then it's time to have a conversation about it. But from a goals-based perspective, it's not about blaming the other partner, but about sort of taking accountability on both sides. Like, hey, this is where we are. And this is where we want to be. And these are some ideas I have for getting us there. Um, but once again, it's it's a process. Um, it's not not necessarily a result that we're after. Do you have any advice for any couples who maybe just started dating right before the pandemic? And so this was a big impact on their relationship. And maybe it didn't start off the way it 
would have normally where they're maybe going out and socializing or just even spending as much time together. Have you been working with any clients where they've been managing those situations and and how to, I guess, strengthen a relationship from the beginning with this kind of big daunting issue that we're going through right now? Yeah, I think it, it's very interesting, you know, about new love during the pandemic, because it's such a unique time for all of us in our lives, but particularly for those couples. And I would say the biggest thing, you know, is really not to not to hold back, right? It can feel very isolating for all of us, but to really try to, in whatever capacity you can, if this seems like a long-term and serious thing, to really try to, you know, introduce your partner to your friends or family, whether that's virtual or, you know, safely in person. Um, because I think that we do have a habit when things are new and, and maybe during this time to kind of stay cloistered. And, you know, we can gain so much information about how our potential partners interact with the people in our lives who, um, you know, are already know us well and that we care so much about. So I'd say that would definitely be the first step um, that I would recommend. And then also just, you know, intimately, you know, I think that the pandemic, especially for new couples who are around one another a lot, has probably accelerated things because we have to keep our circles so close and tight. And we're not, you know, we're not, like you said, kind of going out as much. Um, And so I would say to, you know, as much as you can try to use this as a time for that open communication, if sex or intimacy is involved to really maybe start off on that foot where we discuss hey, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And if we can start a relationship with really open sexual communication, then, you know, the likelihood that that will continue successfully is very high. Um, So I would say, you know, to those people who are just starting out to really focus on that as a priority, just like you want to know, you know, what is your, if if y'all are serious, obviously, like if you're talking about marriage or children, you would you would fill all those dots in, right? You would know the answers to those. And the same might be true for sexual questions as well. So it's definitely a topic that, you know, is worth diving into um, while we have a little bit more time to ourselves. So we talked about a few really good actionable tips, sex before dishes, flirting sexually throughout the day. Do you have any more actionable tips like that, that our listeners can think about? You know, um, I think that it's, For me, really, just the whole idea of sex before dishes is that a lot of times life and all of our responsibilities, and I can only speak as a woman, um, but they feel quite overwhelming, right? And I think that because of that, because we want internally um, to be so good at all of these things that we sometimes feel that, you know, there's not a lot left to give. And so I would say that I would, I would really approach intimacy and sexuality as something that you do for yourself, right? And not something that you're doing for your partner. And in order to, to be able to know what those things are that you want, you really have to understand as an individual, what it is that you like in terms of pleasure, in terms of um, physical touch. And so this, the, closer we can get to knowing those things, the easier that we will find it to be able to communicate them. And so I think that it's really important as women and as partners that we take the time necessary to invest not only in ourselves, but also in our relationships. I don't think that's a really practical, (laughs) actionable item, (laughs) but I do think it's really important. No, that's a great perspective and one that I don't think we've really had emphasized on the show. But But yeah, just that sexuality, so much we think about it in the context of this show and relationships as like 
what we're doing for the other person and and maybe changing that framework it will alleviate the pressure of like hey we got to have this perfect sexual relationship with the other person and and you know starting with with yourself and then understanding our own desires what we like what we don't like um and then communicating them you got it Dr. Harper, before we move on to our bonus round of questions, are there any things that you want to emphasize that we talked about today or maybe something we didn't mention? You know, I think that you summed it up pretty well. Um, I think that, you know, from a woman's perspective, particularly because I work with with mainly women as an OBGYN, um, that, you know, sex is for you, right? We have to know how we experience pleasure. We have to know how we experience desire and whatever sexual problems or challenges, or maybe even just new questions that you might be facing, that there are tons of resources, um, for you available. And so there's podcasts like this, there are, you know, physicians who really care a lot about, um, desire and orgasm problems and, um, pain and, and hormonal issues. There are sex therapists, you know, there's, there's so many people, pelvic floor, physical therapists, there's so many people in this world that really care about, you know, people as individuals and, and in, in uh, the context of partnerships. So if you're feeling stuck, you know, I, I would really, that makes me feel so sad because there are so many resources. I just want women and their partners to know that those resources are available and that there's so much opportunity for growth, um, when it comes to sexuality for anyone. Um, and so to, to try to take full advantage of all those that are available. Before we go to our bonus round of questions, can you tell our listeners about the app that you developed, Rosie? Yeah, for sure. So um, as I mentioned, I'm an OBGYN and lots of my patients had problems with sex, usually low desire, but also pain, orgasmic dysfunction, arousal problems. And as an OBGYN, I had not been trained to help women with sexual problems, which is insane. Um, but you know, women, um, need help. 38% of women have low desire, 43% have some sexual problem. And so really I wanted a place for women to be able to come and find answers and solutions to whatever's going on. So Rosie is an app that you can download on your phone for free. And we have educational videos where we have tons of content that talk about, you know, um, all the things that we've been talking about, plus a lot more today, especially from the medical side. There's also a library of erotica that we mentioned that can be used as a tool to increase desire that's clinically um, proven. We also have a, a class section where we go into deep dives on specific topics. So um, the ones we've released recently are a class for cancer patients and survivors where we talk about specific intimacy um, questions and problems related to cancer and its treatment. We also just released one for sexual pain. Um, and then we have a community where women can connect with one another. And then the last part, um, the most recent launch is telehealth, where our users can connect with doctors like me and sex therapists as well, where we can um, help, you know, women specifically and also their partners um, through any sexual health concerns or, um, or otherwise that they might be experiencing. Well, it sounds amazing. Let me know when you develop one for men <laughs> and, uh, and I'll be tuning in. But no, it's, it's a, an amazing resource and uh, quite a valuable tool, I'm sure, for, for the women out there and their partners. So the men benefit. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. And uh, we'll have the links 
in our show notes description to the app. And uh, now let's jump into our bonus round of questions. What is one daily actionable tip that couples can do to improve their relationship? You know, I was thinking about this beforehand, and I actually think you're going to be surprised. I think that it's going to be 10 to 20 minutes of exercise for each of the people. And maybe it's together, maybe it's as individuals, but we know so much about exercise. It improves our mood, it improves our productivity, obviously it increases our long-term health, but it actually also increases sexual desire. Um, So I just really think that there's so much to exercise that can really benefit a relationship and also in turn benefit our levels and sort of interest and intimacy and sex. Is there a book or a resource besides Rosie that you would recommend uh, for our listeners? Absolutely. So I mentioned my favorite sex therapist earlier. Her name is Lori Mintz, M-I-N-T-Z. And she wrote a book called Becoming Cliterate. And it is so good. It teaches all about women's bodies, all about female pleasure. And it it was a great read for me, even as a doctor. Um, and, And I've heard also that it's a great read for partners, really to understand more about female pleasure. And we know that when women sort of have that well, first of all, that women are not having nearly as many orgasms as men. And that could definitely be contributing to, you know, lack of desire or lack of interest in sex. Um, And so when we really study female pleasure, we incorporate that as part of our, you know, sexual script, as she calls it, that we can definitely um, improve the sexual relationship. So I would recommend that one highly. Do you have any tips for newlyweds or engaged couples on the beginning of a long-term relationship journey? Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably the hardest thing for any of us, but I would encourage that open and honest sexual communication as early as possible. And, you know, I've, I've worked with so many people and women and had so many conversations about this that I know that people want to talk about these things, but what they're looking for is a safe place and they're looking for permission to talk about these things. And so if you can offer that to your partner then that is going to go so far, right? Because in my experience, once that permission is granted, then people just really don't stop talking about it. And so if you can say as an, as an individual, you know, this is an important part of life and you want to be able to talk about these things openly, I think that that will go a long way in a new relationship towards, you know, being able to track towards your goals, being able to navigate when things happen, like for example, pregnancy and postpartum and you know, any illness that comes along, any sexual dysfunction, menopause, right? There's, we're never done communicating sexually. It's a lifelong conversation and it's a learned skill that we can get good at the more we do it. So I think the earlier you start it, so many problems and relationships can really be avoided um, if that sexual communication is open, if it's safe, if it's you know, if the other person really feels the opportunity to to be heard without judgment. So that would be definitely my tip. And is there any advice you'd give our single listeners or those that are casually dating that are searching for love? Totally. I mean, this is where it all starts, right? We we can learn a lot of these things about ourselves before we have a long-term partner. We can learn, right, what how our bodies work, how pleasure works. We can we can read Becoming Cliterate and learn a lot about our, you know, how how female sexuality um, happens. And I would say just because you're single doesn't mean you're not sexual, right? And so 
whatever feels comfortable to you, whether it's reading, whether it's experimenting, whether it's communicating, I would say just use your time as a single person to take the next step towards understanding who you are as a sexual person even more so that when you get into that relationship, if that's your goal, um, that you're able to, you know, to own that. And you don't have to start from ground zero um, in that relationship. Because I, I think a lot of times that is what happens. And then we're kind of starting behind the eight ball. So if you can know those things about yourself before, you know, you're in a partnership, that that might even affect who you choose to be your partner. Um, so I would definitely say to not not think of yourself as a not sexual person during that time, but really to take full advantage of it and understand yourself more in those ways. Well, Dr. Harper, thank you so much for coming on the show today, for giving us and our listeners a lot of great actionable tips, and we really appreciate it. They can find the links of all the information you gave and your app in the podcast description and on the show notes on our website, idopodcast.com. And again, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me and thanks for all your work. I'm sure it's helped lots of people. So I really appreciate it. Hey, Love Tribe. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the important links are on the show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're over there, we hope you check out our 14 day happy couple challenge, as well as all the free resources we have on our website. And thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com